They say that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, generally that's a true statement. But in this case, there really isn't much mind left in D. Scott's head anyway, so the only thing we're really wasting here is your time. Welcome inside the mind of D. Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. We're off and running, I guess, here. Episode number three of Inside the Mind with D. Scott. Thank you so much for listening. A little bit different on this one because it's just me in a room with some microphones and uh, talking into myself is basically what I'm doing. But I figured I would drop a podcast on you real quick here. I'm getting ready to go to an event today. It's March 14th. While I'm recording this, we have our uh, St. Patrick's Day party in Albany that we are doing, even though pretty much everything else is canceled. We figured people are going to want to get out of the house that are feeling up to it. So we are going to go and hang out for a little while and celebrate St. Patrick's Day, drink a couple of Guinness and eat some corned beef and cabbage. That, that's what we're going to do. That is pretty much what it boils down to. So uh, we survived Friday the 13th. What a week. What a week. And it was culminated by Friday the 14th, or Friday the 14th, Friday the 13th. Uh, let me tell you how my day started. I knew it wasn't going to be a good Friday the 13th. Uh, I get up in the morning and I do my shower thing, right? And I'm getting ready and I'm making my cup of coffee, go out to the kitchen. And what do I do? I, I get the Keurig all fired up and I put my K-cup in there and I hit start. And then I turn around and I look over, I grab my coffee cup and I dry it out. I dry the lid off. I go to the refrigerator. I get my creamer out of the refrigerator. Now, notice I said I started the Keurig and then grabbed my coffee cup. That's where this story is going because then I hear splashing. And I'm like, what is that noise? Why do I have the sudden urge to pee? What is happening? I turn around and look at the Keurig, and there is coffee all over the counter. Yep, that, that's pretty much how my Friday the 13th started. So after I cleaned that all up, I got another K-cup, and then I remembered to put the coffee cup underneath it and made myself my second cup of coffee. I didn't even get to touch my first one. I am happy to report today that when I made my cup of coffee, I remembered to put the coffee cup there first before I did anything else. I put it in there, then I went and got the K-cup, and then I closed the Keurig, and then I hit start. There, yeah, it's a win. A win is a win, right? That's what I'm saying. So we'll take the minor victories in the day, and then from there, Friday the 13th, just got a little bit more crazy and crazy and crazy. And, and then speaking of crazy, what a week this was. We went from kind of making jokes about what was happening with coronavirus, and then all of a sudden, things got really real. Like, for real, real. Like, everything is canceled. Major League Baseball is postponed. NBA pulled the plug on the rest of their season or suspended it. They may or may not come back. I think hockey has pulled the plug as well. Golf is canceling or postponing tournaments. I know the Masters is going to be postponed. No idea when they're going to actually play that. Not sure they're even going to be able to play the Masters this year because, well, the schedule for the PGA is relatively ridiculous, so I don't know when they think they're going to fit that in. But one thing I did notice on social media, as always, is everybody is coming out of the woodwork and being experts, a one way or the other, telling us how bad this is and giving us advice about the virus and or the other side of it where they're saying people are overreacting and people are being silly and this is crazy and why are we acting like this? And I kind of look at it like this, and I've said this to a few different people, and I stick by my guns on this one. I would rather us overreact to what is going on so that we can look back once we make it through all this because we will get through this, okay? We are going to get through this, but I would rather look back at it and go, man, it was silly of us to overreact than look back at it and go, man, we should have done more. 
Think about that. Just let that sink in for a minute. Like, would you want this to be all over and there is a multitude of casualties in this country or all across the world because of the fact that we didn't do enough? Or would you rather overreact and then go, that was silly, but I'm glad we all made it through and we came out better and, and we're good now. Like, we're, we are in the clear and we are good. The one thing I do not understand is the just hoarding of toilet paper. What is going on with people going out and shopping like it is literally the end of the world? It isn't. It is not the end of the world. Why do you need 75 packs of toilet paper? What in the hell are you doing? Why do you need that much toilet paper? I don't even understand it. I've heard stories about people saying, you know, well, some of the manufacturers for toilet paper are in China. There's going to be a shortage of it, so we're stocking up. I know that some people use toilet paper for other things like blowing their nose instead of tissues, stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't I still don't understand why you need that much. It just I have no idea. My mom was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to send you. She went on Amazon and sent me like three packages of toilet paper. So I'm good. It's just me in a house. Where I live, so and my daughters are there every once in a while. They don't use that much toilet paper. I certainly don't use that much toilet paper. Uh, paper towels I use a lot because I forget to put my coffee cup in front of the Keurig, but that's uh, that's what I do. I just kind of forget to do things sometimes. But other than that, I mean, really, that's pretty much everything and all that we're talking about all the time right now is coronavirus. And I understand it. I get it. None of us have ever been through anything like this before. Uh, I grew up in the AIDS epidemic. We went through that. That was really the scariest thing that we have been through. There's been other diseases like, uh, what was it, swine flu and SARS and stuff like that. But nothing seems to have really, really hit home like what's going on with the coronavirus. I don't know if you saw this. I saw it on social media, and a friend of mine sent it to me as well. There's a book out called uh, The Eyes of Darkness. I think it was written back in the 80s or something like that, and it was crazy because like, there's one prediction in there for the year 2020, and this is, uh, this is what it says. Let me pull it up real quick so that I can read it and not misquote it, okay? In the book, it says, In around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. Although... Uh, almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish just as quickly as it arrived, attack again in 10 years, and then disappear completely. And that was predicted a long, long time ago about what's going to happen in the year 2020. Um, is it kind of vague? No, Yeah, a little bit. It is a little bit vague. But at the same time, I'm telling you right now, I mean, it's not that vague. I don't No, I, I take that back. Let me digress on that one because, no, it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm choking on my breath, which is always good. Um, no, that, that that's pretty uh, that's pretty accurate and kind of scary if you think about it. That someone went out and just basically said exactly what was going to happen. And I got to tell you, 2020, although we're only March, it's March now, third month, and, and you're going, mm, Jesus, what 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 else could 2020 have for us that's going to make this year even worse? I mean, we lost Kobe Bryant. And now we're dealing with the uh, the coronavirus, which I know there are different strands of coronavirus. For those of you that are like, well, people knew about this because it's on the back of a Lysol can. Okay, there are different strands of this stuff. And the coronavirus and COVID-19, uh, you really got to be specific when you're talking about stuff like this. And hang on a minute. I got a Snapchat from my daughter. Uh, let me. Uh, yep, there she is. Look at that. Doing what she always does. Snapchatting me from her bed when she is uh, not doing anything else like dancing. And, and, and by the way, 
Schools are canceled pretty much all throughout the area that I live in here in the uh, in the capital region in Albany, New York. Uh, her dance studio is closed. I know a lot of places are just shutting down and doing what they got to do because they want to be safe. They want to be smart. They want to end this thing, and it's a good way to stomp it out. So people talking about, oh, why are we canceling everything? Because we don't want it to get worse. That's why. I have a problem when we leave it up to the discretion of people to go out and about and kind of self-quarantine themselves or self-govern themselves. Sometimes people need to be told what to do. We don't always make the best decisions as a person. We need to be told, like, no, stupid, you don't f- stay home. Nothing. There's nothing going on. There's no reason for you to leave the house. Just stay home. And I feel better about that because I don't trust people making their own decisions. We have proved time and time again that as a person, as an individual, we do not make great decisions. Just think about the, some of the decisions that you've made. Seriously. At some point in your life, I would be willing to guess that you've gone out to drink and gotten behind the car or the wheel of the car when you weren't supposed to, right? You knew you shouldn't, but you did it anyway. I'm guilty of this as well. We just do not make good decisions. I don't do that anymore, by the way. Everybody calm down. They're like, oh my God, did D. Scott just say that he drives drunk? I have when I was younger. It was a long, long time ago. I was stupid. I made stupid decisions. That's why I'm okay with people shutting it down. Just absolutely, I almost spilled my coffee all over the studio. I would have got so much trouble if I had done that. But no, seriously, I'm, I'm okay with people making the decision for us to shut stuff down. The sports world, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. Like, like seriously, and I know, I'm like, you're like, my God, he's all over the place. You're right. My, my thought process pretty much just kind of bounces around from here and there and here and there. But I did want to talk about the, uh, the sports and the NBA closing down and Rudy Gobert proving to be the biggest D-bag in the entire NBA by going out there and, and doing what he did. And I don't know if you saw the clip where he like was leaving his press conference after a game. This is before Rudy Gobert was tested positive for the coronavirus and went up and he was touching all the microphones, the reporter's microphones, and he touched that and he was kind of making light of it. It was like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, and then it came back to bite him in the ass because, well, it turns out he tested positive and he's one of the reasons why the NBA is completely shut down now. So Rudy Gobert very, very quickly went well above and beyond any kind of D-bag stuff that Dennis Rodman did or Meta World Peace or anything like that and proved to be the biggest bad guy in the entire NBA. Uh, big up to Mark Cuban while we are talking about the NBA and a couple of other people that have stepped up as well. Mark Cuban found out about the uh, the cancellation of the NBA season and the video was all over like ESPN and stuff like that. Pretty much went viral. He found out the way the rest of us did on his phone, which I thought was weird. Like, it looked like he was on social media and he found out. I'm like, why Why wasn't it like an email sent from the NBA to all league owners, right, all team owners? Like, hey, by the way, this is what's going on. But so he finds out and he goes, oh, my God, I got all these people that work for me. Not necessarily everyone, you know, in his boardroom for the uh, for the Dallas Mavericks, but the people that work at the arena that the Dallas Mavericks play in. So what does he do? He's made provisions so that all of his hourly employees get paid for the rest of the season. All the games that they would have worked, they are going to be taken care of because Mark Cuban is a pretty decent human being. Sure, he has some D-bag qualities, and you know what? To be an owner like he is and a man of his stature and you know in his tax bracket, you also have to be kind of a D-bag every now and then when you do stuff like that. But it's good on him 
that he's going out and doing that. I saw Zion Williams was uh, going to make sure the people that work for the Pelicans, the hourly employees, he was donating like $100,000 towards them. There's some other players that are donating some money as well. These guys that have it, I love seeing it. I absolutely love this, and I am not the biggest fan of the people in the NBA, okay? At least as far as players go. But as people, they seem to be very, very solid people, at least a good handful of them, where they're donating some money because, you know, these NBA players, they got it. They're good. Like, they're not, they might not get paid or they might lose out on some money, but. As, as right now, they're, they're not in bad shape. But some of these people that are working hourly, that depend on those games and they depend on those paychecks for working the games, the players stepping up and doing what they're doing and taking care of some of these guys or these guys taking care of some of these guys taking care of those people is awesome. I know it, it took me a minute to get that all out. And, you know, they're telling us not to touch our face and not to do this. And I literally just rub my eyes because it itched. What was I going to do? I had to touch my face. I am I am so bad at that, by the way. Not touching your face, not putting I, I bite my nails, I bite the skin around my nails, I rub my eyes, I touch my nose. Like I'm constantly doing it. I did see a, a, a thing and uh, during my show, I've talked about it a couple of times, like ways to stop touching your face. Uh, if you're if you're having some issues with this, it says to keep track of your face touching habits. So I don't know, like maybe break out your phone and you know the notes. And, and make some notes. I mean, I'm pretty, I pretty much just rambled off all my face-touching habits. I got it. Uh, also, try touching something else. I'm not sure what body part you're supposed to touch or if you're just supposed to touch, like, inanimate objects like the, the counter in front of you or your desk or doorknob. None of that it seems to be smart to touch. Like, seriously. Like, you don't want to go up. I got to feel like I touch my face. I go touch the doorknob, which may or may not have some sort of disease on it. And then it says make it uncomfortable. That one I really don't understand. Make it uncomfortable to touch your face. The only way I can make it uncomfortable for me to touch my face is to poke myself in the eye. Like, seriously, that is it. You just poke myself in the eye. That's all. So anyway, um, really, like I said, it's all over the place. I know. I know. My mind is all over, and I've never really sat here and just talked and rambled about stuff. But listen, everybody everybody freaking out. I, I kind of like the fact that we're freaking out. At least a little bit. Maybe we're going a little bit over the top, but it's like I said earlier, I have no problem with overreacting to something like this because I feel like our overreaction is really going to help us out in curbing this thing and making it less ridiculous for us to deal with. And, and maybe not ridiculous is not the right word, but making it less painful, making it, I don't even know, making it less, making it, making it worse, making it less worse, making it less worse. Uh, whatever. You get what I'm trying to say. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say, because if you don't, uh, I'm not doing a very good job of uh, of explaining that whatsoever. But, uh, you know, and oh, this one this one got me bad, too, because I had friends in Disney this week when Disney decided to close. You know, things are real when Disney is like, you know what we got to do? We, we need to shut it down. Disneyland was first on that one. Disney World, a few hours later, said that they were closing operations until the end of March. Things are real when places like Disney World are closing down. It's one thing for the NBA and baseball, stuff like that, to shut it down. But when Disney closes, and I had a, like I said, I had a friend in Disney who, you know, Jamie Roberts said she was having a, a pretty decent time, but really wasn't able to relax, which sucks because she was on vacation. And it's never fun to go on vacation 
and not be able to relax. So, Jamie, if you're listening to this, I'm hoping that you do. I'm hoping that my friends actually do spend some time and listen to the to the nonsense that comes out of my mouth. Jamie, uh, I do feel awful for you, but you know what? At least you're home and you're safe and you're healthy, and that's what's most important. Although, good on Disney, too. They were like, you know what? Now that we're closed for a while, people's lives are turned upside down, and some people can't even leave the house. What we're going to do, and did I just call it a house? House. It's a house. House. Uh, people can't leave the house. Disney was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to release Frozen 2 early, which I'm pretty sure they were doing it. They may even be doing it this weekend where they're like, you know what? Here, you guys get Frozen 2. You need some solid, fun entertainment, uh, laughter, just enjoyment in your life. So we give you Disney or Frozen 2. What I think ESPN should do, maybe they're listening. I strongly, strongly doubt that any decision maker from ESPN is listening to me. But they have like a 10-part Michael Jordan documentary that they have not released yet. Now, they have nothing to air at this point. I know the uh, the NFL is still kind of doing their thing, and I, and I think we got the draft coming. I think we got something coming up. I don't even know. Uh, free agency. Free agency is going to start. That's what it is. So they'll have some stuff to talk about. But other than that, there is not a lot to do or talk about on ESPN. We're looking to fill time. Uh, how about you release that Michael Jordan documentary, that 10-part documentary? Start releasing some of these 30 for 30s that you got. You got a whole bunch of them. Put them back on TV. People enjoy those things. Why not do that? Oh, and you know who else I feel bad uh, bad for is the people that have that, that depend on sports to make a living. Not the players, not the not stuff like that. People who do what I do, but they work in sports talk radio. Hang on, I gotta take a drink. Ah, uh, yeah. A little bit of a little bit of coffee there. Keeping me awake, keeping me going. The worst thing to drink, by the way, when you're talking is anything like coffee or milk or dairy whatsoever, or that has dairy in it. It, it, it creates phlegm, and it makes it weird in the back of your throat. But no, so let me get back to my point. Um, I was talking about my friends that are in Sports Talk Radio. I have a couple here in the Capital Region that work for a different company, but they have a Sports Talk Radio show, and uh, they're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? We don't have the XFL anymore. We don't have the NBA. We don't have baseball to talk. We can't even talk golf. Uh, I guess they could talk about professional bowling. You could do that, but that's only going to take about 10 minutes or so. So now, what do we do? So I, and, and Jeff Levac is going to talk about reality TV. Reality TV brackets. He doesn't even watch reality TV. I'm like, what's wrong with Joe? What is wrong with... It's all right, though. Listen, I don't really watch reality TV either. I've talked about that in episode one when I had Corinne sitting in here with me. I talked about reality TV and the shows that I don't get. Uh, the Survivors, The Bachelor, Bachelorette. Those shows I really don't get. Survivor I do kind of get, like, but at the same time, I don't know if I'd voluntarily just be like, okay, yeah. Stuff me out there in the woods somewhere on an island and let's hope to God I can make it with a group of other assholes that I don't know. I don't know these people. Yeah, I don't know if I would want to do that. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, nah, personally, I just, I would not want to be a part of that. I and mean, I'm not knocking the shows if you like them. I'm not knocking you to each their own. Listen, I rambled off a bunch of TV shows that are all cop shows that I enjoy watching. You may not enjoy watching those. I'm like, how can you watch that stuff? It's all the same thing. And I'm like, I know it is. It's fun to watch. I enjoy it. I've watched enough SVU and Blue Bloods and, and Chicago PD that I feel like I could be a detective. And there's a lot of detectives out there that might be listening right now going, absolutely not, stupid. You can't do that because you watch it on TV. That's like me watching golf and going, I could play like that. Or me watching the Yankees on TV and going, I could hit the ball out of Yankee Stadium. I could do that. I could hit that fastball. No, no, I can't. I can't do any of that stuff. And I also say that I could not be a detective, even though I feel like I'm smart. 
but I'm not. I'm not smart like that, and I certainly can't learn the profession by watching it on TV because it's not real. So I just squashed my own argument. I completely, completely wiped out my thought right there, so I don't need you to knock me down when I can do it myself. I can talk myself out of pretty much anything. Anything. So let's see. Uh, we talked about coronavirus. It was definitely a weird week here to uh, to be a human or to be anything at that point. I'm, I don't know. Can Did we find out that dogs can't get it? Is that I'm looking around and I'm asking like open-ended questions like I'm expecting someone to answer me. I'm the only one in the room. No one is going to answer me. Not really much else happened this week. Like for real. Like I don't even have a lot of stuff going on in my life right now. Like Okay, so I went to dinner with my uh, with my daughters on Wednesday. Unfortunately, had to, and I don't know why I did this. I sat down with my daughters. My, my oldest is 16. My youngest is 12. And we got talking. And I had to have a talk with my 16-year-old because her, he, she's giving her mom a hard time. Like, and, and I do not get along with her mom whatsoever. I've never seen eye to eye to her since I left her. Uh, I really didn't see eye to eye when I was married to her either. But that's besides the point right there. So, But she asked me to have a talk with my 16-year-old. And she's like, you know, she's being extremely difficult and this, that, and the other thing. So I had to talk with my daughter. And, and she's pretty understanding. She listens to me, which is, which is awesome. But I broke it down so that she would understand it. I said, I'm trying to make your life better. Your life is easier. Please listen and do what your mother is asking you to do. Okay. I was like, I'm not telling you to do this stuff. I'm asking you to do what your mom says because it makes your life easier. Sometimes you have to do stuff like that. Okay. The saying is pick your battles. Apparently my daughter is not picking any of her battles with her mother and she's just battling with her for everything. So now they're really not seeing eye to eye and they're fighting. So I said, dude, just do me a favor. Just, just knock it off. Listen to what she tells you. We're not telling you things to make your life miserable. We're not saying it because we want to be jerks to you. We are saying it because we're trying to educate you and make you a better person. And as I told both of my daughters, I'm not telling you things. Basically what I just said, but I said, I'm, I'm not here to be your friend. I am here to make sure that you both don't grow up to be assholes. That is my goal. Okay. Then in the discussion, while we're sitting there having dinner, I looked at my daughter, my youngest daughter, who is unaware of what's going on with my stepdad, who does have cancer. And for some reason, and, I've, and I told her that he had cancer. I told her she was he was sick a while ago. But for whatever reason, I decided at dinner that it was time to tell my daughter that she had cancer. I have never seen my daughter, not she had cancer, that he had cancer. My stepdad has cancer. He had stage four lung cancer. I believe the cancer has spread, which is awful. It, it's a matter of waiting right now. It's, it's just a matter of time. But she needed to know. And I don't know why I decided that that was the exact moment while we were out that she needed to know. But I did tell her and I soothed her and I said, listen, we got to think about all the good times that we had with him. And, you know, I, I said all the necessary things and I calmed her down and I got her to stop crying. And she came back a little bit later on in the night, was, was still upset with it. And rightfully so. I can't imagine being 12 years old and finding out something like that. She is well more aware of things at 12 than I ever was at 12 years old. Um, I'm trying to think back. My grandfather, when he died of cancer, I was right around 12. I think it was 11 or 12 years old when he had passed away. But I didn't understand the world and in life the way that she did. Maybe it's because she's had different life experiences than I did growing up and had people close to her pass away. And, and she's re but she's also a hell of a lot smarter than I was. 
So, but yeah, no, that was that was the discussion we had at dinner, which I really don't understand why I did that. But I did it, and it was, and it's over and done with. Probably not my proudest moment as a dad or the smartest decision I've made. But you know what? That's what we do. I'm a guy. We make stupid decisions now and then, and we live and we learn. I'm never gonna. I'm, although I'm never gonna have to tell her that again. But you know, it is what it is. Um, and speaking of my stepdad and my mom, who do live down in Florida, and I'm sure my mom is listening to this. Called her the other day, my mom, right? I call her. She lives down in the villages. And I get a text from her. They had, her and my uh, my stepdad were out. They had to get tests done. He had to get tests done and stuff like that. It was really not a great news day for them. And basically told there's not much they can do for my stepfather at this point. Whatever. Uh, she texted me this most random text. Not random text. It was vague. I'm sorry. It was, it was a vague text where she says, not a good day, uh, something to that effect. You know, not good news, not a good day. Very vague. Now, it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm at my desk. I'm working. I'm literally in the middle of my work day. And now I'm sitting there thinking, because I know what happened during the day. I know where they were going. I knew that they had to go to the doctor and he had to get a test. But she's not giving me any kind of like what they said or anything like that. It's just eh, not a good day. So now I'm thinking. Like, I'm, I get in my own head because, I listen, I deal with anxiety. I deal with depression. I deal with overthinking, as many of us do. So I, now I'm in my own head thinking. And the problem is, is I'm thinking about stuff. I don't even know what I'm thinking about. I have no idea. I'm just, you know, thinking the worst. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I had to call her and tell her, Ma, don't. You know I'm at work until 530 every single day. Please do not text me in the middle of the day something vague without feeding me more information in a follow-up text or anything like that. I said, please, please don't do that. I said, now I'm sitting at my desk. I'm thinking I'm distracted from my job. And now I'm thinking about my stepfather and what possibly could have been said to him that would make the day worse than it already is. So I had that discussion with her. She goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She's like, sometimes I need to vent and just get it out. And I'm like, I understand that, but you didn't really vent to me. You just kind of, just a random vague text. That's not venting. I'm like, wait till 5.30. Wait till I'm out of work. Call me. I'll call you. Tell me to call you. I will call you when I get out of work. I'll call you from the car. We can chat. You can get whatever you want out. But don't do it while I'm sitting at my desk. The only kind of stuff that you need is if something goes wrong and it's news that I need immediately. That's when you text me during the day with bad news. Other than that, please just let it wait so I don't have to sit at my desk and be alone with my own thoughts. And that's it's yeah. So it's like the worst thing, too. Like, I don't know if you deal with like overthinking. I know it's a big problem for a lot of people overthinking and anxiety. And yes, you're right. I did just switch gears again. I get it. My thought process is weird. That is the worst thing that we all do, too, because we always think about things that are like the worst case scenario. Am I right? You don't think about like, oh, well, yeah, it's probably not even that bad. Like that, that thought doesn't even cross your mind. You go right to the worst. And then, and then things play out and it's stuff you can't control. And when it plays out and you go, oh, Jesus, I was way off. I can't believe I worried about that. It was stupid. I'm trying very hard to stop doing that. Need a drink. Hang on. Uh, I'm kind of thirsty. Coffee's not really a good drink for that. I should probably be drinking water. Uh, what else is going on in my life? Not a whole lot, but like I said, I did want to check in and drop another episode on you because we're going to try to put these out on Saturdays or Mondays, whatever. Uh, do have some guests lined up to go. I'm going to have Phoebe Lefave in. She is from Psychic on the Scene, also 810 WGY. Uh, 
talk about uh, females in the business of radio and just in general, and, and not just females in general, the females in the, in, the, in the business that we work in and stuff like that, and, and trying to get through pretty much a male-dominated profession. Uh, also, JV and Teej, Jeff and Tim, my boys from Schenectady that have been uh, musicians for well over 20 years trying to make music on the independent circuit, and they're still grinding, they're still doing their thing. Got some other people lined up, Jamie Roberts, um, if there's anything you want me to talk about, you want to get my thoughts, my opinions out of my head, right? You go ahead. You can shoot me a, a tweet. If you want to tweet me at D Scott Radio on Twitter, you can always do that, or you can shoot me an email, too. Uh, the email is dscottradio at yahoo.com. You can, you can shoot me an email. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. I got to go. I got to go do some stuff with the radio station and go work and uh, hopefully... Everybody at the party makes the right decisions, and, and they're all healthy. They're not going to infect us all. Lay me up for like two and a half weeks so that I'm working from home and or not even working, just laying in bed trying to recover. So let's hope everyone makes the decisions. Listen, we will get through this, okay? I'm telling you right now, we will get through COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever it is that you want to call it, this pandemic. We are going to get through it. We are going to get over it. Oh, and more guests on the show, too. Katie Manning and Michelle lyons Polito, who I do uh, Psychic on the Scene, a different podcast that I do with them, and my boy Matt Halleck. Matt, I cannot wait for July to get you up here, my dude, so you and I can sit and chit-chat and probably just spread the positivity, because that dude is one of the most positive people that I've ever met. I... I Absolutely love my boy Matt. I would, I would, I cannot wait. I'm excited to get him up here, and I got to wait till July to be able to do that. So uh, that's pretty much it. If you listened, I want to say thank you. It is pretty much everywhere you can get podcasts, except for iHeartRadio. Still, um, like it, subscribe, tell your friends, share it, whatever. And like I said, if you got something on your mind, or you want to get my thoughts on something, or you don't agree with something I said, you keep it to your damn self. It's fine. Listen, we don't all have to agree on everything, do we? Do we have to agree on everything? No. It makes life boring. It's better when we all have different thoughts, okay? So calm down and chill out. If I offended you by anything I said, good. I'm glad. Just don't tell me about it. Keep it to yourself. Uh, no, seriously, you, you can, whatever you want to say, it, not, nothing really bothers me. If my opinion is different than yours and you don't appreciate it, you tell me, and that's fine. I don't have to agree with you. You don't have to agree with me. It's that simple, all right? That's what the world is all about. That's what life is all about. And life is also all about those that you love. So hug them, kiss them, tell them you love them. You never know when it's going to be uh, that time. You know, you never know when you're going to be called home. Or if you're an atheist, you never know when the lights are going to go out and shit's just going to end. Ugh, are you, that, that's an awful way to look at things, but whatever. Um, so that's it. Like, subscribe, share. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, D. Scott. Radio at yahoo.com or tweet me at D Scott Radio on the Twitter. And where else would you tweet me? All right, that is it. I can't believe it. I did a half hour pretty much, just me by myself. I'm not sure if any of it made sense. I don't really care. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.